Love this podcast? Support this show through the ACAST supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in the show description to support now. When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. This is a Lip Media Podcast. Do we want to, do we, I think, feel like we might want to get something on record just acknowledging what happened. <laughs> Hi, everybody. This is Joel Someone here. The interview that you're about to listen to, the first half of the recording was not recorded by me. <laughs> we, uh, we had to do a bit of a, a, bit of a re-edit. So if the first 15 minutes um, are a bit off, I think they'll be fine. But just in case. I think they'll be okay. Just in case. But I also am in a really squeaky chair. I'm sure it'll be fine. Yeah, I, I hope you're getting that. Getting that sound effect in there. I've been drinking water and squeaking in my chair. It's fucking hot. Buckle up, Sodomites, and welcome to the Sinister Sissies Podcast, your guide to true crime, horror, and everything man-on-man and macabre. I'm Jared, your master of depravity, and I'm here with the first international guest for the podcast, which is very exciting. We have, live from the United States, uh, Joel Someone, adult performer and escort. Welcome, Joel. Hey! Thank you so much. I'm so happy to be on your program. The reason that we have a gay porn star on the podcast is we're going to be talking about gay porn murder. We're talking about the uh, the killing of Brian Cochis, who you may not know that name, but you probably know his videos. <laughs> he was the founder and director of Cobra Video, and as we'll see, the lives of a very famous porn star is uh, heavily tied in to the death of Brian Cochis. So, uh, I usually don't do this. I usually don't focus on the victim so much at the start of these podcasts. But I think when it comes to coaches, you kind of need to understand the kind of guy that he was to really understand why he was murdered. 
Uh, so Cochis was born on the 26th of May, 1962, uh, and he was killed on the 24th of January, 2007. He started his career as a medical photographer uh, for a local eye doctor. Don't know if that photography skills helps with porn, but uh, <laughs> I was thinking if it was like a medical photographer for like a colonoscopy clinic or something, that would have come more in handy. Uh, he then left that at some point and wanted to start his own cell phone business, which I don't know, maybe was a big thing in the early 2000s. Um, in 2001, Coaches was charged with sexually assaulting a 15-year-old, um, which led to him being kicked out of his cell phone business. He, at this point, ended up racking up uh, over $200,000 worth of credit card debt and was filing for bankruptcy. And it was at this particular low point uh, in his life that he decided that the way that he was going to earn a lot of his money is through uh, gay porn. Uh, so he started Cobra Video, um, which was a porn production company which focused on kind of the twink demographic for performers and quite controversial for the time. I'd be interested to know if it's still a bit controversial. Um, it was the twink demographic, but also uh, exclusively exclusively did bareback scenes, which I imagine particularly back then pre-prep and maybe pre the kind of testing protocols and stuff that we have now was a bit controversial. One of the things that I read was um, that if you uh, worked on a, like bear, for a bareback production company, there was almost like this de facto ban in some of the other production studios in terms of you performing for them. Um, because particularly in the US, there is a system of when a performer tests positive, there's like an alert that goes out, at least from my understanding of it, um, via the Free Speech Coalition, it can actually shut productions down um, if you do have a, a performer that tests positive. So he, he was already, even at the beginning of his production career, kind of a bit more of the um, a marginal producer or, or a bit more of the underground in terms of in terms of porn production. It's easy to and, it, well, and it's so funny though, is you learn how quickly like how gorilla porn can be sometimes, and in, in, in the sense they're like, we just need two boys and a camera. Well, it, it's exactly what it says like with him as well. Like he just started it from home. Like it doesn't sound like you can't really. I, I doubt he sat down and did like a business plan and like actually tried to formalize anything. It was probably this quite opportunistic business that he started up in. 2002, Coaches uh, was charged again for a separate assault on a minor. I think he was 16 years old. Um, he ended up being probation because the uh, the boy had actually um, given Coaches a fake ID. Um, and this would not be the last time that Coaches uh, should probably have checked IDs a little bit better before he took performers on. Certainly, the old, uh, the early days of Cobra Video. Um, it wasn't an overly successful business. You know, they were, they were selling, I believe they'd still be selling DVDs at this point, selling some DVDs um, and earning some money from it. But he, he wasn't incredibly, incredibly successful until uh, a certain performer came onto the scene. So 
In 2004, uh, a 21-year-old model auditioned for uh, Coaches' site. Coaches wasn't keen on this performer, but the model said, well, you have to check out my 17-year-old boyfriend. That boyfriend was Sean Lockhart, who many of us probably know under his performer name, which is Brent Corrigan. Uh, a guy who became a kind of internationally renowned gay porn star. Any comments on Brent Corrigan? <laughs> uh, no, he's, I, I've never met him personally. It's it's so funny. And, and part of the reason I have the, the name Joel someone is because I hate porn names. I fucking hate them. Yeah. I just do. I, I, I know like three people who are Jake M's. I know three porn Jake M's. All right. I'm like, are you fucking kidding me? So like... I can never, like, people will say, oh, do you know da da I'm like, let's pull out Twitter and I'll see if I do. I'm like, I, I don't remember. I, can hardly remember. I hardly remember people's real names. So the, the, the multiple names thing just completely pisses me off. I think the origins of the Brent Corrigan name as well are, um, comes from, like, he just flipped through the phone book and just picked two names. It's always something stupid. No offense. No offense to people in their poor names. It's always something stupid. It's always like, yeah, my grandmother really liked the name Ralph. I, no offense. No offense to people on their stupid porn names. So let's hear, you know, it's, it's not all about, you know, Corrigan's life, this story, but it's probably worth talking briefly about Corrigan. Uh, Corrigan was born on the 31st of October 1986 in Idaho. He had a, he, his mother um, he was a, raised by a single mother and had a number of siblings Seems that his mother had a fairly loose leash on him because he was able to spend his weekends in Los Angeles, hanging out with older boyfriends. Um, and one of these older boyfriends first introduced Corrigan to Coaches. Piece of shit, Jeremy. Fucking running around with all his friends, thinking he's so fucking hot. Come on, I'm 18 years old. I can handle it. And Brent just shrugs me off like I'm nothing. Mm, but he does have nice lips, though. Corrigan's first video that he did with Cobra Video, uh, Every Pool Boy's Dream, uh, occurred nine months shy of his 18th birthday, so when he was still 17. Uh, Coaches claims that Corrigan used a fake ID. Corrigan claims that he's full of shit and he knew that he was underage when he shot that first film. Uh, Corrigan's brand, because he's... A very, very sexy, attractive man. Uh, Corrigan's brand was enormously pro popular. Um, it increased the profits for Cobra Video exponentially. And in, in fact, it, it, it made Cobra Video a, a profitable uh, profitable company across the board. Um, Corrigan and Coaches appeared to develop... I mean, some in some reports, they developed a romantic relationship. Other reports just say that there was a sexual relationship, which added a complicated dynamic to the professional arrangement in that. I, I, you know, their chance it could have been at one point consensual kind of sexual nonsense. I know I've been uh, uh, intimate with many directors and uh, even cameramen. 
Hey. Hey. Well, yeah, I mean, I don't think that this was, again, depending on whether you're you're getting the uh, the porn sub story version or the more, you know, uh, I don't want to say cynical industry version, but, you know, the more realist industry version is some people describe this as that it bordered on abusive. Other people just say that this is just the kind of arrangement that things that these things happen, Uh, particularly on a small scale set, um, that this is just kind of stuff that happens. So Corrigan continued for several films with Cobra Video, occasionally jumping ship um, and doing some work for other studios. Interestingly, though, uh, Cochis had the trademark to the Brent Corrigan name, and we'll see that that, that aspect of it is ultimately what led to Cochis's eventual murder. Um, in 2005, Corrigan met uh, 38-year-old Grant Roy at a party. Uh, Roy was a, I don't know what this means, a local trucking executive. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. So he met, he met Roy at a party uh, and eventually ended up moving in with Roy. Um, and it was at this point that, that Corrigan started to complain to Roy about, well, coaches is taking a lot of the money that I could be earning. Um, it's time that I started to actually like starting my, started my own venture. And that's when, uh, Roy and Corrigan started plans for Corrigan to leave Cobra video, take control of his brand and start his own website. Uh, they tried to start a website coaches, uh, was very angry about this, obviously, because this is his like money maker, um, and sued them. And it resulted in this very, very, very long legal battle that got quite messy quite quickly. Uh, one of the first things that Corrigan did, which is, you know, the lawyer in me is like, like, this is kind of smart. Uh, the first thing that he did was to say that, oh, well, you've got like three videos that you put out there in which I was underage. Uh, so he had to pull all those, um, videos down and lost profits for from Corrigan's early years. Um, so let's talk about our killers. So uh, around the same time that Corrigan and uh, Roy were getting into this legal dispute with coaches, uh, two Virginia Beach-based escorts, Harlow Quadra and Joseph Caracas, uh, was trying to start their own gay porn venture uh, called boybatter.com. Quadra was a 20-year-old Navy recruit. Uh, Caracas was a 28-year-old former Marine. They met whilst in the Navy, and Caracas introduced Quadra uh, to escorting. By some accounts, the relationship was quite one-sided, with the younger Quadra very dependent on Caracas in terms of money and also direction in relation to his escorting and you know porn career generally. In 2006, Quadra 
stuck uh started emailing emailing um corrigan and roy because they knew that corrigan and roy were trying to start off their own separate venture from cobra video and quadro and caricus kind of wanted to get in on some sort of porn partnership type deal this resulted in uh the 11th of january 2007 where the four of them all met up at a gay porn trade show in las vegas uh, at that trade show, Quandro and Caracas made their pitch to Corrigan and Roy about starting a new porn production company, uh, and Corrigan and Roy weren't very impressed. In fact, they got the idea that, that Boy Batter wasn't really making any money, um, which, I mean, I'm sure that was probably true back in 2007, but it would probably be even more true now. I can't imagine starting a small you know it's distribution what the one thing you learn about like this industry is like i like working with lots of different studios i've worked with 17 different mm. websites like i've worked with a lot of and, and i and you said porn star before i always like to kind of like hold off i'm like no no and i, I, I it's kind of you thank you so much but uh like i'm a porn i'm a porn actor i'm like a working porn actor right now you know what i mean like it's gig to gig to gig you're like uh what's but, it equivalent um, in like uh mainstream acting like you're like a like a like a small scale character actor you what are you like a like a steve buscemi i'm more of like i'm, I'm I'm more like the Maggie Gyllenhaal like, okay, yeah. kind of thing. Like, she's you know, like, made big things. Like, you know what I mean? She's done some stuff. Exactly. Then you don't know where the fuck she is. But the, yeah, no, exactly. Um, the, the one thing about kind of like all these studios and what's really important that you realize is they have distribution around the world. Mm. And all of the a lot of these studios in America, especially that are like the big names and stuff are huge elsewhere like absolutely gigantic like for instance in australia mm. you know what i mean like certain things have kind of like the distribution that people smaller don't so starting off a website and not having kind of like the blessing of like a big studio back in the day was kind of a yeah. kind of death like it, it was kind of like on your way to getting blacklisted yeah kind of thing so that, that's probably why they weren't doing no well. and and certainly corrigan and roy were not impressed at this discussion though um when they're all meeting at this this trade show they all got quite drunk and the topic of brian coaches kind of came up um with quadra um and caricas talking about the fact that well you know if we wanted to do a porn partnership together we'd like to be able to use the brent corrigan brand how are we going to deal with this guy um they uh then st- Quadra then started to say certain things which made the conversation shift a little. He would say things like, mm. what if Brian left the country? What if he went to Canada? Corrigan, who was quite drunk and didn't quite understand the, the full context of what was being saying, said that, oh, he'd only come back and sue us some more. In reply to that, Caracas <laughs> replied that uh, Quadra knows someone who would do anything for him. That was how that was left. Uh, at this point, Roy kind of understood where the uh, conversation was heading and just said, uh, we don't need coaches to leave the country and change the subject entirely and tried to just end it there. They then left this meeting and ostensibly there was no other business relationship in place. However, that discussion would sow the seeds of uh, Brian Coaches' eventual murder. 
the sequence of events is that right after the trade show, Quadra uh, paid for a background check on Brian Coaches, which gave them Coaches's address, which is kind of scary that you can just pay a bit of money and then find out where someone's personal address is. Um, Quadra uh, then sent an email to Cobra Video under the name Danny Moylan, claiming he would like to model. Danny Moylan is a terrible performer name. Anyway, it's a terrible name. I was about to say the the, the 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 second you heard me rant about poor, poor performer names, now you're going to think about all of them. You're going to be like, oh my god. Mine, yeah, I, I like mine because mine's purposefully stupid. Like, I, yeah. I, I have a purposefully stupid porn name. Like, I love my purposefully stupid porn name because it's 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 one you could still say at the airport. Like, someone can pick me up with a sign and not feel embarrassed. Be like, Joel, someone. Like, you know, what I mean? like I, I'm okay yeah. with that. Whereas it's like you hear people, it's like big eight veiny deep or something like that. They're like, <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, I, I, I that's my rule with porn names is they, they they can't be too normal to where you're like, oh, who's Bill Johnson? He sounds cute. Yeah, or like you know, like thirteen inch like dong kind of thing like that. You, you just have to. Where's the middle ground of that? I feel like U.S. porn, gay porn stars. It's all. It has this very like Californiary. Like it's like Lance or Jake. Um, yeah, yeah, Jake. Like, Jake uh, is big. I I don't mean to keep bringing Jacob, but fucking Jacobs. I I, I know enough of them. All right. <laughs> Um, so this Danny Moylan wanted to, to model and, and coaches was keen. Uh, Quadra and Caracas, uh, went to a gun shop and bought a, uh, a, a folding knife with a serrated edge and a Smith and Weston. That's a useful 38. thing to get. I was about to say, that's a useful thing to get at a gun shop. A knife. Yeah. <laughs> they also got a gun. They got a 38 okay, caliber Smith and Weston, uh, as well as some ammunition. Uh, Quadra also rented an SUV. Can you do the Australian come on thing knife? The knife, come on. That's not a knife. Oh, you call that a knife. See, all the things that the, yeah. (laughs) He's so amused by that. All the things that Americans love about Australia, we just find it like really cringeworthy. Like the crocodile dancing. Was that like a super racist thing to do? I'm so sorry. (laughs) I did not mean to insult you like... Like, I, I realize that's probably something that's very sacred in your culture, and I don't mean to insult the culture. I will not, no. I refuse to be a little Australian puppet. <laughs> <laughs> um, so the, the day of the murder was the uh, 24th of January 2007, in which Quadra and probably also Caracas, although it's a bit unclear, attended Cochester's home. Um, it's unclear exactly what happened, but Quadra claims that Coaches started hitting on him. Um, and all we know, whether it was Caracas that did it or Quadra that did it, is that Coaches's neck was slashed so severely that it nearly decapitated him. His hyoid bone, his trachea, and his left carotid artery um, were all completely severed. After his throat was slit and he died, he was stabbed another 28 times um his house was then set on fire and the fire um so damaged his body that he had to be identified via dental records so yeah so quite a savage attack considering as well that this was done you know it's a financial gain motive really behind all of this you wouldn't expect quite that level of 
viciousness. Like, why did, well, all right, the, you know, it's the thing that's sounding like, it sounds like they probably got drunk and did this. Like, because they said, when they said the, mm. the, when they were talking about it, there was like a bottle of wine out, him and coaches were drinking wine and stuff. I don't know if I want to blame booze on this matter. <laughs> like, I'm well, sure. I'm not blaming booze, but like, I'm, I'm, I'm saying that they probably were very heightened. I'm sure it, I'm sure it happened. And I'm sure the, um, the motivation was to get it over and done with as quickly as possible. And I suppose there is some rationale to the idea of what's one way to just ensure someone is dead. It's just to keep going and going and going with a knife um, until you're absolutely sure that they're dead. I still don't, yeah, if this was meant to be an assassination, though, like, they could have just used the gun. But they chose quite a personal um, personal weapon. Loud. You see, they, the, the funny thing about it is it's like after the fact, it seems so obvious how they fucked up and stuff like that. But there was, like, things in place which were them trying to kind of, like, cover their tracks. Using the fake and name. Not- and using a and using a gun is one of those things that like you can hear it. Like, That's you true. Hear a gun. Um, I don't over. think that they were uh, very smart though, because uh, no. straight after the murder, I think the next day, Corrigan received a phone call from Quadra, um, essentially saying, you know, turn on the news, and Corrigan did, finding that coaches had been murdered. Corrigan was shocked, and Quadra, in reply, said. Um, I guess my guy went overboard because so the you know the implication that we're trying to say is that they had like hired someone to do this that they didn't do it personally. Um, in reply to that, Corrigan contacted Roy, and then both of them contacted the police. Um, and so Corrigan and Roy started to uh, negotiate with the police. Um, Somehow it got leaked that Quadra and Caracas were the chief suspects. Um, and there was, I think, a lot of, like, gay porn websites and news sites and stuff were talking about the fact that they were the chief sus- suspects. Um, rather jarringly, um, Quadra started to take advantage of that in his escort profiles um, and would say things in the ads such as, uh, Harlow's not a killer, but he'll act like one if you want him to. (laughs) Which is particularly... Yeah, like, I'm sure someone took him up on that. Um, But that to me indicates they had some level of confidence that they were going to get away with it that I just... Don't understand. Um, Clearly, these two people had kind of like a very loose kind of a grasp on reality. And and that's kind of what you run into in this thing is you're in it to win it. And once you start crossing barriers, you just keep going. I think the impression that I get is that they kind of viewed themselves like they were like gangster hitmen, like taking care of business type stuff. Um, but they just, the fact that police within, you know, less than 24 hours knew exactly who they were (laughs) kind of just indicates that they, um, didn't really have a good grasp on this. Um, despite the fact that they had committed this murder and, uh, they'd already told Corrigan that they were somehow involved, they still wanted to continue with the business venture, the idea of the gay Mm -hmm. porn venture, um, uh, Caracas emailed Roy, um, you know, when are we going to start filming? You know, we had an agreement. Um, Roy didn't respond to any of it, in which case uh, he got another message which said, 
We all know what you said at the AVN in Vegas, and we have it on tape recorder. Um, don't fuck with us. Ah. So the idea was, you know, you have to enter into this business venture now because you're implicated in all of this because you arranged this well, murder. I, did they ever release the recordings or what they said, or were they? Was that just a bluff? I don't, yeah, I wonder if there was actually recordings because that certainly hasn't been released to the public. Whether or not it exists somewhere else, they probably destroyed it. I mean, if they were smart, but they're not smart, so maybe not. Clearly, they had a lot of trust in both Corrigan and Roy because they were admitting all these things. And so what they did is, because they wanted to cement the deal, they uh, arranged a meeting with Corrigan and Roy um, in San Diego. Uh, little did they know that Corrigan and Roy were both wearing a wire because they decided to... Which, this is the funniest part of the case for me. The undercover I, porn star? They, the, the undercover porn star, but they did... It was undercover at a nude beach. Also, oh, that's the wire. second. That's the second meeting. That's the second meeting. So the first. Oh, that's the second one. Oh, I'm sorry. I'm skipping. I'm sorry. You are. Sorry. So the first one, um, they were slightly aware um, that they were um, being well, that, that they were at risk of being recorded, and so all that um, was said at this point was that Quadra leaned over to Corrigan during this meeting and said, don't worry, he went quick. That was the one thing that was recorded on this occasion. They then met again at a clothing optional spot of San Diego, which was a beach. And I think this was them thinking that they were being really clever um, in that uh, there would be no wires because most people would be nude. That was the one thing about the, because I, 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 when I was listening to things about the case, there was this cheese ball moment that they had where they were like, no, 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 how do you get a wire on two naked men? And um, the solution for that was they, they hid it in their car keys because they needed, that was the one thing they would have on them as they went on to see them. So that was, that was, that was the knowledge I got. And it was apparently like a big gag. Like they all thought it was like the funniest fucking thing in the entire world. Probably. So that was, I mean, and it was, I, yeah. All the cops in this case, I'm sure... They thought that everything was hilarious. I'm sure they thought the whole thing was just a fucking joke. Uh, unfortunately. The one thing you realize about this business is it's really relatively normal. Like once you get past all of the... See, and what's hard about things like this in our industry is just like, this is a bad example. This is a, this is an example of where everything went wrong. Yeah. There was people kind of like lots of things. This was early kind of like porn history. That stuff doesn't really happen anymore because like... It's a lot of business people. Like the first shoot you do, you realize very quickly they don't put up with nonsense. Well, and I, I think you could even argue that that this happened because uh, two dumb guys kind of believed the hype about the industry a little bit and wanted yeah. to be this sleazy gangster character. Um, so you know, I think that you could you can make a you know the, the the sensationalist depiction of pornography almost motivated this crime a little bit because they thought that well, we're, know it's true. Yeah, that we're porn stars, so we have to play up this like gangster role. Um, so at the nude beach, uh, Quadro made a number of further um, made some pretty damning comments. He said things like, "Seeing that fucker go down, actually, it's sick, but it made me feel better inside." Um, he said, it almost felt like I got revenge. And I know that sounds fucked up. So 
he's admitted to the crimes basically at this point. Um, and so once those recordings were entered into evidence on the 15th of May, four months after the killing, um, both, uh, Quadra and Caracas were, arrest- were arrested in Virginia Beach and charged with homicide, robbery, uh, and arson. Both initially pleaded not guilty. Um, Quadra, always a class act, uh, started selling uh, free Harlow Quadra teddy bears, tote bags, and thongs online to pay for his legal defense. Smart. I won't lie. <laughs> Look, yes, it is a bit smart. It's just how well that kind of crap sells is the, is the only thing, too. It's like, believe it or not, people usually, like, the amount of money you probably made on it was probably pathetic. It's also kind it of a collector's item. desperate than it was. Like, from a kind of perverse true crime fan perspective, I kind of get the, <laughs> like, I'm actually getting a signed tote bag from one of the murderers. Um, really? Okay, all right, I can see that. Yeah, look, this is my fucked up side. <laughs> uh, on the 8th of December 2008, Caracas changed his plea, ended up pleading guilty to second-degree murder, theft, and tampering with evidence. He was sentenced to life in prison without parole. Uh, Quadra maintained his not guilty plea. Um, when his trial occurred, he claimed that Caracas did everything. Um, and was also claiming that he was under duress to be there that day and to help cover up the murder. Um, the problem was there was a recording of him talking about the fact that he had killed him and that it made him feel good, which yeah. seems to completely contradict <laughs> that narrative. Well, the one thing that they kept saying is like it kept flipping back and forth between the two of them whenever evidence would be introduced. Like, whenever evidence would be introduced, the story would utterly change Mm. and then to to corroborate the evidence or make sense of it. And so that was the one thing that they said from the entire time that was really hard was the fact that none of the facts were able to be kind of like, they they, they changed their stories just too many times. And they just knew they were never going to get the real thing out of either of them. In particular, Caracas, um, I think this just must be waxing and waning depending on how he was feeling about his relationship with Quadra at any point. Because at one point he said, I did all the killing, he had nothing to do with it. And then he changed to, oh no, we both did it. And then at one point, possibly because he was feeling vindictive, said that Quadra did everything and he was shocked. So who knows what's right there. Quadrant's evidence was not supported and he was convicted of murder, robbery and arson and sentenced to life in prison without parole. Um, in, in 2016, Justin Kelly directed King Cobra, which was a film based on these events. Uh, and it was based on a book that dramatized the events called Cobra Killer, Gay Porn Murder by Andrew E. Stoner and Peter A. Conway. Quadra still maintains his innocence and has uh, gone through all avenues of appeal. And I just saw that his um, final uh, route of appeal, a habeas corpus application, actually occurred March this year. So mm-hmm. he made an application March this year saying that he was falsely imprisoned and that there were all these issues with criminal procedure, um, but that was ultimately rejected. So um, he's got no other choices here. He will spend the rest of his life in prison. Um, in terms of uh, Brent Corrigan, he's now um, not performing under that name anymore, as far as I know, unless he's gone back to it. Um, so Sean Lockhart, he has continued his career in porn. Um, he's also kind of 
dabbled in mainstream acting roles. He's not a very good actor, but you know, well, <laughs> he can he can give it a go. Um, Sometimes we're a little too cocky as porn actors. We're like, yeah, I'm the best at this. I remember the first time I ate someone out, I was like, yeah, I'm the best at eating this. I've never done this before, but I'm the fucking best at it. Frankly, I wasn't. Is the, you, you've, you've met better. I wasn't. I needed a lesson. <laughs> Um, so, uh, so he's, he's kind of moved past this and he was very critical of the 2016 film, um, and how that depicted the murder. I think from his perspective, it's, it's a period of, of his life that he doesn't want to think about or talk about, and he wants to move on from. Thank you to Joel for coming on the show. You can follow Joel on Twitter at JoelSomeoneXXX, or you can also follow him on Instagram. Do people follow on Instagram? Follow him on Instagram at JoelSomeoneTramp. Uh, you can follow Sinister Sissies, as always, at Sinister Sissies. We have had our first Patreon uh, supporter. Thank you so much um, to our, our first ever supporter. And if you'd like to support the show, please have a look at Sinister Sissies on Patreon. Uh, you can follow my personal Twitter, at Jared Bartle. Uh, and until next time, stay sinister. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash trip for free shipping and 365-day returns. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.